This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast. Today, we are at episode 28, part two of Hey Child, Congrats, You're Married. If you have not heard part one, I need you to go back and to listen to that one first. It is going to give you some mind-blowing statistics about child marriages across the globe. Um, you kind of can't go to part two without part one. Um, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts, really, as we move on to part two. I can't wait to see your DMs and what you're about to tell me. Because this stuff, it's absolutely mind-blowing and it should make you really sick to your stomach. But as usual, we can always do something about it. We can always prevent and eradicate human trafficking together as a community. So let's get started. In reality, child marriage is a lot about like group control. Like just think about that, right? If it's happening in these... um in these cultures and in these countries where it is a social norm and it's culturally appropriate, um, it's all about control. So if I'm impoverished and I need to offload my, my daughter or my son to this other family, cool. I no longer have control of that child, but my in-laws do. And that helps their family grow bigger, right? In a lot of other countries, wealth is related and associated to like the big families that you have, right? And you're able to provide for them and things of that nature. So it's about control. 
And I'm also going to throw in that it is about controlling women and it's about controlling girls' sexuality. 100%. It's about controlling women and girls' sexuality. <laughs> like, what do you, what, like, what, what do you mean? Um, well, I think in, in, in addition to that, you can probably say that it's pretty obvious that child brides um, and grooms is associated with gender inequality. Now, obviously, I live in a first world country, and that term is really overused in a lot of ways. And I don't care if the feminists come at me for that. Um, it is completely, it, in a lot of ways, overused, maybe not used appropriately as well. And then thirdly, um, gender inequality looks very different in other countries, like especially developing countries, compared to what we're facing here. Like it's it's apples and oranges, right? Um, and so... I think we all can be working towards, you know, the ultimate goal for sure. 100%. It, it doesn't mean that things are perfect. Um, so you can keep striving for that. But I think for me, that's another big reason why most of the country isn't, is, is, it's almost like they're wearing blinders to that 765 million children are, are, are married. <laughs> Because we're so focused on our first world problems, right? And our lack of gender inequality, our gender inequality here. And yes, I am a true believer of totally working on your backyard um, before you go internationally. But honestly, in the world we live today, you can do that simultaneously. And for whatever reason, you know, we're not, right? So... Going back to gender, right, equality, inequality, um, I just kind of needed to get on my, I, I just wanted to be clear that it looks very different. And I don't think that we should jump on the bandwagon of, oh, yeah, I'm experiencing the same because it's more than likely not even close to being, you know, being the same. Um, but in a lot of countries, we know that women are 100% subservient, right? They livestock actually have more value than me as a me as a woman. Like that livestock's able to produce, able to feed all of these things. When a woman, we're just looked at a lot of times in other countries as we just need to um, produce offspring and satisfy, right, our spouse and shut up and that's it. So that to me is true oppression. And yes, there are women in this country and a lot of other first world that totally experience that 100%. Um, but I feel a lot of this is, you see the correlation with child marriages and, and gender, um, as I mentioned, inequality, right? Now, I think that there's, I, th I mean, we all know that there are like huge gender gaps between males and females, again, in other countries. Um, like we're talking significant because in this country, I could do whatever I want as a female, like 100%. I could do whatever I want, uh, just like a male can do whatever he wants. We absolutely can do whatever we want. In other countries, so not the case, right? Huge gaps. So let's just go a little bit further, like 
a lot of these child marriages happen as well because families will invest all of their money, whether it's a lot or a little, um, but they invest all that in their son's education. They they don't put value on females educa- being educated, right? Um, and they won't invest in that. And so what are the alternatives? Let me marry you. Let me marry you off. One less mouth to feed. You're not educated because we don't believe in that anyway. And so I know you're 13, but you already menstruated. So there you go. You could be somebody else's. I don't want to say problem. And I don't want to say that all other countries, like they don't love their daughters. I've, I've seen a lot of these countries, developing countries that are speaking of, they totally care about their child, but they also are unable to provide for them. And not only the social and the cultural norms are, well, let me offload you so they can give you a better life. A lot of times they will never have that better life, right? Because they're an in-law. They're not, um, they're not actual blood, right? They're just, they just aren't. Um, and I think the, like, if you're watching the news, I, I'm just going to mention Afghanistan right now. Um, and it basically is like the fall of Afghanistan, right? Of 20 years of the U.S. and and some of our allies um, being at war over there. But forget that part, the war part. It's what they've actually have done in those countries. And I personally know, uh, you know, a family where their daughter, she... Um, she was actually part of this special group and one of the first to be exact to go talk to the Afghan women because we know women and men can't talk to each other, right, without permission. So U.S. soldiers and Marines weren't getting any leadway with these women because that was a big social cultural faux pas, right? So these young girls who have been born within these past 20 years of us being there, they only know to have education, right? Like schools have totally been opened up. And so there's other possibilities for them. Um, And now those possibilities have been totally taken away, those opportunities. Um, You know, they're raping and pillaging, not only physically, but... um, socially, emotionally, psychologically, and they're pillaging for their future because now it's just going right back to child marriages. And the reports are actually showing that the individuals who are in control again, right? Like the Taliban, for example, awesome. We're going to that home right there. You have a daughter who's 13. Great. We're going to marry her with this, um, you know, 40 year old, or we're going to marry her, even if it's a 25 year old, right? Or a 30 year old It's totally like, just imagine what they're going through. Cause yes, of course we know it's still happening in that country, but they're making really great strides in the improvement, um, of that, of women not being second rate, right. Or third rate or fourth rate. And so now one of the big reasons of child marriages of this type of human trafficking is because we don't invest in women's education. We don't invest in girls' education. So Afghanistan was starting to have that. They ripped it right away. And these girls are actually being married off. It's like they were on school on a Wednesday and now they're being married on, on a Monday because of everything that's happening over there. And again, 
the the cry, like I'm waiting and I'm seeing some of it, don't get me wrong, but where is that cry for help for those who don't have a voice? And those girls don't have a voice right now because if they voiced anything, you know what's going to happen to them. And if you haven't seen any videos, like I've had people, one, I come from a big military family, so there's a lot of information that comes from that circle. But I mean, the DMs I have and other people just saying, hey, have you seen this video and the translations that you know, are happening from these young girls and from these women. And I guess in some sense, some people would look at as being married off is better than actually being stoned and killed. Some people would say that. Others would probably say, I'd rather be stoned and killed than having to, you know, my child married to this 40 year old or what, or what have you. Right. So that is a prime example. It's literally happening right now, right in front of your eyes. And we're not making that correlation that child marriage, even though it's a cultural social norm, it is a form of human trafficking because that child is being forced. And we know internationally, nationally, automatically a child is being is labeled as a human trafficking victim if there's force, fraud or coercion. Force. There's no fraud going on because um, this is total control, right? They don't care. They're just going to pull you and... That's it. You're now a married bride or a married groom. And it doesn't matter if you're nine. It doesn't matter if you're 15. You now are enslaved and you are human property. And from a person who, I think from a person who really loves to study other cultures and I appreciate and the countries that I've lived in, I have didn't bring my American or first world self and just said, hey, here it is. No, I was in somebody else's country. So I was very respectful and assimilated as much as I possibly could within the time frames of that I lived there. And and they're going to do things differently. And I'm not going to point my finger and start saying, well, you're wrong and you're bad and you're a horrible country, so on and so forth. But we all know that there are elements just like people point their finger to first world countries, right? And shake their head and say, this is bad. This is horrible. You shouldn't have it in your country. So, yes, we can all make those assessments. But, you know, your moral compass is telling you something is is wrong. And even though I appreciate these countries, if something bad like this is happening, why isn't the world that angry? Why isn't the world that mad, right? That these girls are now, that have made so much progress, it's now been snatched away and you know that they're being married married off. They are now, so that number of 765 million, they're gonna blow that. They're gonna blow that number out of the water just with that country alone. Right. Because they're going through some horrible, horrible things right now. Um, now, the other thing I want to mention is another way that child marriages happen and the gaps that they have is health. Right. Is literally like public public health. Um, <laughs> so. I'm going to mention just again, China and like India, for example, um, they had a lot of that one child rule, but one child specifically male rule, right? And I think a lot of you know what I'm referring to. So my husband and I were in 
um, China during the Paralympics in like 2009 in, in China. And, you know, I was just extremely excited, of course, like you're looking at Beijing in a totally different, different way. So many things are going on. And I wasn't going to all these touristy places. Um, it was like whether we were having dinner somewhere. Um, we were like even in a neighborhood and people like let us in their homes. Like some were like super friendly, um, very, very welcoming and opening. And honestly, it reminded me when we were in these neighborhoods, um, like I was going to my uncle or my aunt's house, you know, like uncle has his shirt off, right? He's drinking a beer in the backyard or the front yard. Someone's barbecuing over here. Totally felt, felt just, just like home. Um, but everywhere I turn, there were all these non Asians. There were these Westerners, and they all had an Asian baby with them. And it took me honestly like a few groups to 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 figure it out. And my husband was like, "Oh, I thought you knew this whole time. Like we just hadn't we just hadn't mentioned it to one another." But they were all adopting a child from China. And guess what the gender was of that child? Female. All female, with the exception of a couple of them. Um, and like I said, this was multiple groups over a multiple days span, you know, span over multiple days. And whenever there was a male child, um, the child actually looked like they had a physical disability. Um, and then some of them, uh, they looked like they had a mental disability, right? Just by the interactions. Like I'm saying, this wasn't just like, passerby, this was some interaction with some of these individuals um, because we just happened to be in the same place um, visiting. Like I went to go get a jade bracelet and I went to this like, um, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily a manufacturing company, but um, something of the sort. And so they were there, like they took them on tour there. And so seeing these children, it's like, why are all these females available? This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old. And one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child's devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you for approval. That's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code INHUMANE and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. But no males unless they had a disability. This circles back. Like if you're, if you're not paying attention, I'm trying to make those connections for you. If we're not seeing those issues are going to affect how children are enslaved, how adults are enslaved, um, 
then we're never going to understand the concept of human trafficking and we're never going to be able to eradicate it and we're never going to be able to prevent it. Like when I tell you the tentacles go wide or it's like it's like Spider-Man and just shooting out webs. Like that's what it is. There's such a connection in all these places because think about it. If a country is totally saying we don't want any more, uh, we don't want any girls. It's just males that we value. Um, then all these people are getting rid of their girls, right? And either they're selling off their girls or, and we do know that there's plenty of stories where they just throw girls away. Now, granted, a lot of these um, may have a total better life by being adopted by somebody else, but let's be real. There's also human traffickers that intentionally go to other countries to adopt children, because now, not only am I going to traffic that child, but I become guardian. I can do whatever I want with that child. And those are just records almost like internationally. I can pass that kid off once I get into my, you know, uh, first developing country, my first world country, right? Totally could do that. It just, it's, it's like a snowball effect. And if we're not paying attention, we're just, it, nothing is going to... Um, nothing's going to happen about it. Right. It just isn't. Now, the other thing I wanted to, you know, to quickly like mention. So I, I've read this book like at least five times. I love the book Memoirs of a Geisha. Now I love this book and I've read this book well before I got into the anti-human trafficking um, space. But if you don't know it, it is obviously a memoir of a Geisha in Japan um, before uh, before World War World War II, and it, it talks about how this young girl became a geisha. So her parents, this is a prime example. So her parents didn't marry her off into another family. They were like fishermen people, and back then country people, right, were a lot more impoverished. So they sold them. They sold these two sisters into um, into a Okia. And Okia is the home. And a lot of people want to compare it to a brothel, but it's it's not because this is where the geishas live with their their mother, basically like their trafficker. Um, and again, this is not to offend the Japanese culture at all. This is if you're looking at it from this human trafficking right perspective and lens. Um, a brothel is where people actually come um, and they pay for sex right here. That doesn't happen in an Okia. And the Japanese culture will tell you all day long, like it, it is a, a long, you know, tradition that they highly respect in, in so many different ways. But these girls, um, there's money, tons of money spent on them because they're like artists, right? They know how to sing and dance and play instruments and the art of conversation. Um, it's not just boom, paying for sex like a courtesan um, in France or a prostitute, right? In the red district, red light district or anything along those lines. This is like, they're like a performer, and they accompany men, um, obviously, majority of the time. Um, it's been said where some actually have intercourse with them and then others do not. Um, I haven't had the pleasure to actually talk to someone specifically about that culture um, regarding geishas. So if I'm wrong, by all means, 
DM me and let's have that discussion. But I bring all this up because <clears throat> they could have sold these girls off, right? Or negotiated, made some contract where they became child brides. But instead, they were sold to Okia and this woman owned them. She owned them. Those were her slaves. Yes, she invested money in them, but so did human traffickers. And again, not to offend the Japanese culture, but if you look at it, you can see the remnants, right? You can see the relation. You can see it all. It's just a different spouse. It's just a different owner. It's just a, like, you see what I mean? It's literally all related. Um, but I wanted to bring that one up because you can kind of segue um as I mentioned, like poverty is plays such a huge role in child child marriages, like a huge role. Um, these young girls specifically, like I mentioned, boys, they're they're invested in that education. Girls specifically don't go to school because a lot of times they're doing all the housework and then they're doing child rearing of like their younger siblings. So they have no time right, to, to study at all. And in addition to that, a lot of these countries, uh, women still can't own property, right? And you can't own assets at all whatsoever. So again, when we're talking about gender <laughs> equality and inequality, I'm like, I can own whatever I want here. I do own things <laughs> here and I don't need my husband's permission. Yet in other countries, they literally cannot. They cannot own it. And, and honestly, on top of that, the inheritance, right? Like I always think of um, like Pride and Prejudice, if you're like a Jane Austen fan, um, so many of the things that have happened, like these women, they're, they're not really impoverished, um, but because there's nothing but daughters, for example, the house, the land can't go to them. It can only go to a distant cousin that they've never even met because he's the only next male heir. Well, that's still what's happening today in 2021. These women can't own property. So again, marry my daughter off. She'll have some assets with her husband if she stays with her husband. And then honestly, inheritance is also dependent if, if there's a good relationship between her husband's family or her husband's clan. It literally, if you look at you know, a lot of countries in Africa, it's all still like that in the Middle East, um, in India and Southeast Asia. Those countries have a lot of work to do when it comes to women equality um, and letting children be children and not marrying them off. Like, think of that phrase, let children be children. We don't even really know what that means anymore. Children, like, I mean, I'm related to some six-year-olds where I'm like, what? How are you understanding that context? It doesn't make them smarter or more intelligent. It's what they're exposed to. That's what it is. And I think it's really the protection that I don't believe we're doing to the fullest so that these children are never exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to, right? So they're not allowed like I said, to have um, land rights and assets and daughters, just simply daughters do not have equal inheritance, inheritance rights as their brothers or the sons do. They just don't. So let's marry them off. Let's force them to be, um, you know, to be married. 
Now, one of the things um, when it comes to, I think, getting, forcing these kids to be getting married and us right now we're witnessing it, like I mentioned in Afghanistan, and we're just saying, oh my God, that's so sad. Or, and I get it, the emotional triggers that people get when I, when I speak to them about these kinds of events. Um, now, granted, there's always permission. I never just start rattling on. I learned that a long time ago that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. Right. Um, some people's stomach, they just can't stomach it. Um, but I think you could also learn to like, I am, was an extremely empathetic individual and anything that happened to a child or if I saw a man cry, for example, because they're supposed to be big and strong, like, that's it. I'm done for. I would just weep. Um, and in this field, it's not that I've become callous, but I've learned to control those triggers and figure out what it is that I need to do so that I can get this work done and not be hindered by all these horrible things that are happening to these children and these men and these women and these boys and girls, like just plain and simple. And so I need you to open your eyes and I want you to open your eyes because if we are not the voice for these children, we will continue to have child marriages and everyone just thinks that it's okay because it's a social norm. Stop doing business with these countries, right? If they keep dumping um, baby girls in dumpsters, stop doing business with them. If only males are important and not females, stop doing business with them. And I know I lived in an Asian country and seriously, it was like God, uh, men, teachers, like you, like, and women, like we're down here. Right. So I totally get that. And I, and I felt that in a lot of different ways coming from a country where I'm pretty much treated equal. Uh, I saw that shift, right? Not that I was like, okay with it, but I understood that it was a social norm. However, if things progressed and I was completely, you know, I guess like assaulted or something along those lines because of my gender, I would be trying to go as far as I could where the laws would allow me, right? So I believe that we can just stand up for these kids um, and not allow child marriages to happen anymore. And I'm going to say it again. This isn't just happening in a developing country. I'm going to tell you real quick that in 2018, there was an actual study done and they analyzed like all of these marriage licenses, right? And they just pulled data from all these marriage licenses. And from 41 states in the United States, in America, 41 states found that over 200,000 minors, 87% were girls, 13% were boys were married in the United States between 2000 and 2015. What? See, you're thinking, Little House in the Prairie, that this just happened, right, a century ago, a decade ago. Not the case. This just happened six years ago. This study, I don't know what it is now. How many got married during COVID, right? How many, maybe not through a marriage life. And the, again, these are just a, what's on record. Can you imagine what's not on record? So I wanted to save this statistic um, for the last because I know I'm going to get a lot of reactions of like, oh, that's sad. 
it's happening on another in another country that's their cultural norms their social norms we can't do anything about it no americans are definitely going to afghanistan because there are some that are stuck there right and already have been threatened so for sure no one's going to go over there and save these child brides but we can do something with your congress like make them work for you and those influencers that you follow that's that's actually your action step the influencers that you follow you need to start asking them, where do you get your product? Where do you get your product? Those who are in like multi-level marketing or affiliate marketing, ask them, where do you get your product? Ask your corporation, where do you get your product? Start making them responsible because no one should accept that these children are being forced to be married. It is a form of human trafficking. It's probably one of the, I don't want to say it's one of the easiest, but it's evident, right? You don't have to guess and say, hmm, is that person being trafficked? I don't know. No, they got married. You saw their marriage picture, right? We literally can do something. And so I implore you, I implore you because right here in the United States, you had over 200,000 minors between 2000 and 2015 get married. And those are just of what we know of record. And I don't even know if that 200,000 is part of that um, over 700 million children worldwide. I don't even know if that's part of it. That are being getting married, forced to get married under the age of 18. We can literally do something. And I need you to first start talking to your influencers. These people, when their pocketbook is hit... That's when things start to change. Yes, they may find another loophole because bad people are just bad people. But at least we know we were able to do that. So you're going to want to tune in for next time because we are going to talk about Google and Apple and the supposed things that they changes they're going to make for human trafficking um, and to keep people safe and to prevent from you being trafficked. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.